I've been thinking that uh, Lent would be a great time for us to just completely sell out. Oh? Uh, yeah, I think I've been mentioning this the last few times on the podcast, different ways we can sell out to actually really make money. Um, I believe I briefly mentioned selling supplements. That seems to be the thing to do. Right, right. And um, I got some suggestions. Very Eleanor Shellstrop vibes right there, you know? Yeah. I From think good, it's, good place. I think it's time. I think it's time. Because um, especially with some of these great ideas sent to me by uh, the biggest fan of Clerically Speaking. Uh, you can have Jesus juice, energy drink. Great. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, fish oil, there's a lot of options to name our fish oil. We can do Fishers of Men oils, fish oils uh, 5,000, fish oils 4,000, depending on, you know, you do that. You can do patristic protein powder, which I like, clerical creatine, lovely. Yep. Um, you, uh, you know, do a BCAA stack for uh, fasting days with different supplements to help you through your fast and that sort of thing. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's super easy. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't have to. Like, there's plenty of places that make this stuff. Uh, they sell it cheap. We buy it, slap on a new label, and jack up the, the price, price. Yeah. triple the price. <laughs> Capitalism, baby. Yes, absolutely. Um, for Lent, we will be giving up. Um, not making money off this thing. Not making money on the podcast. <laughs> you know, it's like the classic thing. Like, I'm going to give up giving stuff up for Lent. <sighs> it kept, yeah. I, I think that's uh, something to, to ponder, to discern. Hmm. Uh, why hmm. not make a whole bunch of money? Yeah. I mean, like, we all know that that podcasting is the way to make a living. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure for millennials, that's that's how we. How I mean, okay, but here's the thing. Then, money. if we have to do this, what? does this mean um, we have to sell out too in terms of like doing whatever it takes to get the clicks? Five oh, reasons yeah. why these supplements will help you pray better. All Absolutely. You'll never guess what Father Harrison said about turkey, or like just <laughs> I don't know why that was the first thing that came to my mind. Um, Oh man! But, uh, uh, <sighs> um, Satan is really angry at this one trick that'll get you into heaven. Or what kind of what yeah. kind of sweaters that you're wearing again? I forget their name right now. The sweater? Yeah. It's, oh, a uh, uh, cardigan. Cardigan. Right. Yeah. Clerically cardigans. Yeah. Clerical cardigans. Oh, we could definitely have a whole fashion line as well. Oh my gosh. Dress like your favorite priest. Dress like your favorite priest. <laughs> we just buy Barbacone just... shirts and then sell them for like four times the price. Yeah. Or just just. <laughs> Faded wear them once, you know. <laughs> faded black pants. <laughs> For shoes that fall apart and he, are cheap because you sell, them because you don't want yeah. to actually go sit down in the shoe store. We guarantee that all of our black um, pants and black shirts will not match. They will, every single one is its own different shade. <laughs> or of some black. of your black pants will be like actually dark blue. You just didn't realize it when you bought them. Yeah, that's great too. Um, uh, we have to just like sell a bunch of like uh, button-down shirts from the '70s uh-huh, and uh-huh. just have like the whole Hawaiian room, shirts. Like, absolutely Hawaiian golf shirts. shirts. Obviously, I mean, yeah, golf, go golf shirts. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, we can even get the little clerically speaking emblem on there for sure. Yes, yes, yeah. I love that. So um, much money to be made. <laughs> so much money to be made. But we're not making money today. We're just making content. Welcome to Clerically Speaking. I'm Father Anthony. I am Father Harrison. Um, so uh, I just got off my. Uh, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to. I have no good content, funny content like that. I'm sorry. We we all know. That's all right. I don't bring humor to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, if people could see your hair right now, they would yeah, see a lot true. of humor. And my crazy eyebrows. Oh my gosh. Anyways. Do you sleep on your face? No, I just move around a lot. My, I did get a new mattress today, though. Okay. So I'm hoping I might sleep better because I've been be getting nice. four to five hours of sleep a night. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. You know, if we keep, if we, that's not, no, that's not enough at all. Uh, but also, I might have to make you wear a hat if we, if we were to keep recording. No, I'm probably in the shaving like it today. This. Just, yeah, just nice and easy before Lent, you know. Uh, what are you gonna do? Uh, a one, a two, a one. Uh, go, a one. Oh wow! To the nice. beard, okay. and then it just all grows, and I'll grow back in time for Easter. Okay. Good six weeks. Giving up hair for Lent, I love yeah. it. Yeah, it's just it's easier. I have not had time to time or care to actually like find a place that will cut my hair the way I would like them to cut it, and I mm-hmm. just find it easier to just take the number one. Of course, every time you shave your head, people then start to comment on it. They like it. They don't like it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm sure you know this because I'm sure yes. I know you do this every week and your hair just magically grows like that long mm-hmm. in about three days. Well, it's it's the one it's a really weird rule that I learned once I became a priest is that uh, people feel like they can just comment on your appearance whenever. Um, so, yes, that, that is a, an odd thing. It should be a Patreon level where it's like 50 bucks a month and you could say whatever you want to us at any time. Just say whatever you want. <laughs> Make any comment, you know, the, the parish commenter. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just got off my study break. It did not get as productive as I wanted it to be because uh, some parish stuff came up that was kind of urgent that I had to deal with and stuff, you know, fun times. But I was at uh, Catholic Pacific College last week, which is a little college at – a Protestant university, actually, uh, in Langley, BC. And I gave a lecture at, at uh, their CPC3 event, which is like a monthly lecture thing. And we had a very, very good turnout. Um, lots of podcast listeners who were there, especially from Holy Family Parish, which is uh, an FSSP parish in uh, Vancouver, actually. A good buddy of mine, Father Kent Greeley, is the associate priest there. And uh, nice. so I know there's a lot of listeners to the podcast at that parish. So oh, cool. thanks for coming out, guys. It was uh, great to see you. And other listeners were there and just people I've never seen before. But yeah, it was a very well-received lecture. I mean, it, I think it's good when you have about 45 minutes of questions after your lecture. And then it takes you another 45 minutes after the question period to move on because people keep on lining up to talk to you. Like That's a good oh, wow. sign, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah, that was great. That was nice. So, uh, what's this college called? Catholic Pacific College. It's a little, little tiny college at Trinity Western but it's University. It's a Protestant college. No, it's a Protestant. No, no. You see, we call we call things properly in in Canada. A college okay. is like a subset of a university. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, a university. Yeah, like Trinity Western University mm-hmm. has Catholic has Catholic Pacific College is one of its colleges. So it's like a small offshoot or you can, it's still part of the, it's, it's got its own administration, everything, its own department, but it's, it's accredited through the university. Okay. Gotcha. Kind of like, like the English model, you know, you have Oxford, but they have all these different colleges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I forgot. I'm talking to mostly American listeners. Um, That's right. But uh, yeah, it was really good. And then, um, but yesterday as I was traveling back to, to the island because I was in Vancouver for the week for my study week. Um, I finished the first season of um, Parasocial Anxiety by Katie Ruvocalba, our good friend Katie from Twitter and Twitch and all that jazz. Mrs. Ruby! Mrs. Ruby. <laughs> it is, everyone should listen to it. First, because the, the episodes are not that long. They're 20 or 30 minutes. I think I might have mentioned it before. I can't remember. But anyways, uh, uh, it's only six episodes and then she's got another season coming on. It's kind of like a like one of those 
it, it has that feel like one of those crime podcasts where they're trying like the true like where they're trying to actually get the to the what happened but it's more of actually an experience that she had through her twitch community and what i loved about it was that uh, and she's not asked me promoted at all i'm just i just really thought it was really really good because i think it actually helps us understand some of the aspects around contemporary internet culture in general and some of the weird stuff that can emerge in that and also like what i like about it is that she doesn't like moralize the internet and by this i mean like she's like well i'm dealing with people and yeah, Twitch communities can be weird yeah. sometimes, I guess, but that's fine. That's where people are, and that's where I am. And I kind of love that. I mean, it's very Mrs. Ruby, mm-hmm. where that she's totally authentic. There's not a moral judgment. And that she's also like really exposing how she's trying to deal with the situation that she had to deal with through her uh, a Twitch channel. But uh, it's fantastic, and I highly recommend everyone check it out. Have you listened to it yet? No, I started listening to the, the, the first episode, and then I realized it was going to be kind of like a uh, – not – darker darker than i expected i didn't know what i expected but i was like oh wait i need to put this aside so i'm ready to listen to it um yeah yeah it's about probably about two and a half hours total for the six episodes so mm. it's not too long yeah so yeah anyways uh i finished that and i loved it uh especially around like weeks three four and five i'm just like what's happening next what's happening next uh <laughs> it, it definitely she definitely had a good uh, way of, of captivating uh her audience so uh it was very very cool awesome yeah Alrighty. well um from a a twitch emergency to a, a theological emergency it's it's theological emergencies yay, yay. thank you for calling clerically speaking if this is truly a theological emergency please dial one at any time Hi, I flushed my goldfish down the toilet, and I wanted to know, is that a sin? Theological Emergency. We'll take your call at 412-912-7995. Hi, it's Marissa from Massachusetts. What if you wanted to baptize someone as an emergency baptism, but you were in the desert and there was no water available? Would your spit suffice as water for the purposes of an emergency baptism? Thanks. Love the show. Marissa, that is such a gross question. How dare you? Massachusetts, like, someone clearly is not proud of where they're from in Massachusetts. Like, they're not proud to be from Boston or something like that. Oh, maybe they're from, like, nowhere in Massachusetts. Which is possible. You know? Like, there's a bunch of, like, in, like, states, there's a bunch of, like, little locales that... You just like I, I say I'm from Pittsburgh, but I'm not actually from Pittsburgh. It's just the biggest. Yeah, you know, I know. I say I grew market. up near I grew up near Vancouver, but mm-hmm. I grew up exactly. like 45 minutes out of Vancouver. Or I'm from Victoria, but Victoria is actually incredibly small. But yeah, yeah. Well, Marissa, if that is your real name, um, first of all, gross. Second of all, uh, yeah. No. I, I, no. I don't think so. I think it does. I don't think so. Oh no! How are we gonna figure this out? I'm pretty sure it does. It's water. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's it's there's it's a lot of extra stuff a lot of extra stuff but i'm pretty sure it still works i don't think so i'm gonna effort this for a bit you you, you do your thing okay well uh, first of all um in this hypothetical um why why is this happening why are you in the desert was i guess maybe if somebody let's see like your plane crashed in a desert 
and it's you and this other pagan. And as you're walking along, trying to 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 find civilization, and you have you're you're t- talking to them about Jesus Christ. They have a conversion of hearts, and they say, "Why can't I be baptized now?" It's like, "Well, because we don't have any water." Um, and then you spit on them, which is gross. Um, yeah, I just I think there's too many other things in uh, in uh, saliva. Uh, to make it not really water, actually. Can you sweat on them? It's a secretion. It's not water. A secretion. Gross. That's another gross word. I. What are uh, you looking up? What are you? F- <laughs> I'm just googling stuff here. <laughs> uh. So so sweat wouldn't work. You can just like. Sweat on I don't, th- I don't think so. I don't think so, man. Could I you think... cry? Could you cry on them? Are tears enough water <laughs> maybe, for you? Maybe that's what Baptize you have to them with your tears? The, tears? the tears could probably work because tears are are just... Okay, well, actually, sorry. I, I, I take this back. Uh, human saliva is around 99% water. So that's probably sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not going to talk about yeah, any yeah, other sorry. secretions. I, I, yeah, are... yeah. You're good. You're good. Yes, it would count. I thought so. I just, I thought Chalk there was, you see, I, I am not a biologist or anything like that right. or a chemist. I thought there was more stuff in saliva than, like, I thought it wasn't as much water as we thought it might be. Yeah, it's basically water and some gross stuff. So it's super gross. But like, uh, but like, but like, let's be honest. Like, what? this is the thing. You know, people are grasping at straws for like a, a, a weird situation when you're like in the desert. What would yeah. happen? Right, which is like, let's be honest. First, you should always have a little vial of holy water wherever you go. Like, how how bad of a Catholic are you that you're traveling through the desert without holy water? That's true. Right? Am I wrong? Uh, Am I wrong? What if it was an unexpected desert encounter, Uh, like you were kidnapped? You should always have holy water on you. (laughs) Okay, that's my opinion. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? I'm not going to disagree with that. No, you're right. You're right. They should have holy water. You never and know when you need to do it. Or if you go on an airplane, you get a lot of 100 milliliters. Put in your, or put in your, yeah, so put in your carry on at 100 milliliters. Okay. Yeah. Right? Just always carry. These problems are all solved if you just have holy water with you. It's true. Um, so if you don't have holy water, also, I think, I think it'd be beautiful if you just cried upon the person as you baptize them. That's very, though, <laughs> I, I keep saying spit's gross, but I'm thinking about what was the, when he, when Jesus healed the, um, uh, the mute he spit, man. Like he spit on. He spit in the. He spit in the. Uh... He spit to make mud and rubbed it in the, his eyes. Another time when he puts his like hand on the guy's like tongue yeah. and like spits on the ground. So Jesus was a little bit gross sometimes. Yes. So. Um. Yes, he was. But it's uh. You know, I just say carry carry holy water all the time. And you're good. And you should yeah, never ever be caught off guard because clearly we also know that. Um. Like here's the thing. What if you just made them a catechumen? You made know, them a catechumen? Yeah, because then it's like, if they die, they get the rights of a Catholic. That's true. But you're not baptized. I mean, if you're gonna go as far as you're in the desert, like, nope, I can't baptize you, but I can't make you a catechumen. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all we got. I got on this one. Yeah, don't spit on the person. I think that'd be rude. <laughs> I baptize you in the name of Father. Uh, 
But then would that would that invalidate your baptism because you've like interrupted the formula? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, if you, I doubt it. I doubt it. Now I'm looking it. it. Uh, actually, I regret. This is my fault. I regret like choosing fault. this question. Let's just save us. Pick something else. Pick something else for us to do. Hello, fathers. This is Jake in Washington State. I had a question about how to proceed and what my obligation is if at the end of my parents' life, their end-of-life uh, requests don't line up with church teaching with me as a faithful practicing Catholic and them having fallen away. Thank you for your answer. So, Jake, if that's your real name, although Washington State is a real place and it's a fantastic place because it's part of the Pacific Northwest, the greatest place on earth. Um, I think it's only a great place because it's the closest you get to America. Washington State is in America. Pacific Northwest is. is more than just BC. I'm just saying, like you look across across the 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 border, and you see America, and you shed a tear of joy knowing that there's freedom somewhere close. And then I baptize them with that tear. Someone yes, with that baptize tear. them with a tear. <laughs> So Jake, a uh, good question. I mean, I guess it's a little broad, honestly, uh, because what do you mean by their end of life requests don't match up with church teaching? What's your situation? Like there's, are you talking about a funeral? Are you talking about uh, end of life directives? Uh, I'm presuming it's the latter there, uh, but or are you talking about how they dispose of the body? Not dispose, but sorry, that's not the right word. Uh, <laughs> but you know, how you, how you, how you treat the body after death? Um, that's it's so I'm going to try and maybe address, uh, all three <laughs> because why not? <laughs> well, no, cause I think it's actually a really important thing. Yeah. Like, okay. There is a lot out there on Twitter right now about like Canada and euthanasia, for example. Mm. And is it great? No. Um, I also, and, and there is aggressiveness in the system. It's also not, it's not what everyone I think thinks it is sometimes, but that's a whole other thing, maybe for another day. Um, okay. But, and be, being from the Pacific Northwest, you can be assured that you're going to get some crazy stuff around all the end of life stuff with people. Absolutely. So we'll kind of go through your stages. We'll go through medical, funeral, burial. So medical is, uh, here's what the Catholics required to do. Uh, a Catholic is required to have ordinary means of survival uh, to keep their life going. So you cannot starve someone to death or uh, you cannot uh, dehydrate someone to death. It's not allowed. Those are essentially mostly your ordinary means. Anything else is – now, I always like to use a little hierarchy thing. Like if the intervention is brings about less suffering, if you will, than the benefit – it's probably worth doing like, mm -hmm. like, you know, getting a shot so you don't die <laughs> is probably yeah. a good thing compared yes. to, uh, you're on a breathing machine and the second you turn it off, you're dead. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's a higher level intervention and the, you're, and that's, it's extraordinary means, extraordinary means outside of what you ordinarily need to survive. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of complicated stuff behind that, but that's your general rule. I find. And so I guess what the Catholics are required to do. And so if they are choosing something like euthanasia, for example, which is possible, uh, we cannot support that, nor can they have a Catholic funeral. At least that's most bishops kind of seem to rule that way. Uh, 
because they've publicly actively sought out death mm-hmm. uh, to end their life unnaturally. Uh, um, outside outside of that, I mean, again, it gets a little nuanced and stuff. Like, let's say, for example, if you want to speak about obscure situations, what if someone asked for euthanasia? The act happened, and they showed public repentance after the act before they died. Mm. Then actually, they could have a funeral. I would argue, yeah, right, stuff like this. So there's something. So that's your end of life care stuff. Essentially, you cannot speed up your death unnaturally right. uh the second stuff is around funerals so just i mean that one's not as hard in a way like as a catholic required to have a funeral mass no but i think it's a good idea because why wouldn't you want the mass prayed for you yeah um and and uh and not 10 eulogies please <laughs> please 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 uh other than that it's like if so and then burial, though, I, this is actually the one I think I, I, I find is actually the most troublesome in my pastoral ministry is not euthanasia. It's not the funeral stuff. It's actually burial, like that you have to bury. Yeah. <laughs> people, people don't realize this sometimes. There's a lot of education that has to happen on this. You have to bury. You cannot split up. If they're cremated, you cannot split up the ashes um, because it's still their body. And mm-hmm. the body matters to Catholics. Um, yeah. This is, I mean, I'll be honest, a little private opinion, I guess. I know the church allows for it. This is why I struggle with cremation because it mm-hmm. creates more problems than benefits sometimes. <laughs> you have so many people say, well, I just want to split them up or I want to make them into jewelry. Like, no, no, gosh, no, no, bury. Uh, like some people like to keep their loved ones on a on the fireplace, like on the you know, whatever that is there. Man, words are escaping me as well. Mantle. Mantle, thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 bury them, bury them. I always say to people, it's also like, you want a place to go to. You want a place to pray for your deceased loved ones. That's right. really, really vital and important. Um, you cannot, you can bury at sea, but you cannot scatter your ashes. Uh, that's not allowed. Um, and so... Now, what do you do in those situations? Well, you're not, if it's at euthanasia, you're not, you don't be present. It's a Catholic funeral mass. There's no problem there. And then with the burial stuff, if your parents are emphatic that they want X, Y, or Z, that's contrary to the faith, you just simply don't participate. I I mean, that's the best I can do with a broad question like that. Yeah. Uh, Can I, I'm going to be a little bit. Mm, could be a little bit mean. Oh. Um, this is an opinion that I personally have held for a long time. Um, I think that. Um, okay, this is Father Anthony's personal opinion. Honoring the wishes of uh, a dead person, I think, is highly overrated, um, especially when they because <laughs> like they're, they're dead, they're dead, um, and not only are they dead, but they have seen God face to face and face the judgment. So they know truth better than they ever had before. Um, so if their last wishes were like, I want to have uh, you know, a bunch of clowns at my mass. No, they don't want that anymore. I guarantee you they don't want that anymore. <laughs> you know, um, But even to like less extreme stuff, uh, I get very, very frustrated uh, with, with the children of some uh, deceased people because they'll be like, well, you know, uh, or even the deceased person, like, oh, well, you know, 
Uh, mom was was a very private person. They, it, she wouldn't want all of this, you know, uh, stuff with a with a mask. She probably wants something very simple. It's like, no, that's not what she wants now. Now she wants a mask. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like that's what she wants now. Even if like when she was dead, uh, when she was alive, she was like, no, I don't want a mask. Don't want an open casket. Don't want this. Like she does now. I mean, that's what we believe to be the truth. And so, if it's in your like decision to like. If it's in your power to make these decisions, make the right ones. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of other, like, I mean, when it's, like, little stuff, like, uh, I want you to have a, a drink in my name on this date or, like, something like that. That's good. That's fine. It's, it's all a part of, I think, uh, mourning and remembering a person. But uh, this whole thing, like, right here, it's like, well, mom would have wanted this or dad would have wanted that. Like, th- I can guarantee you with every part of my body, they want a funeral mass and for them to be prayed for. Right. Uh, so do those things. And, and, um, and- well, with that too, as I think about it, it, it's, you know, again, liturgy is not for us to make up. This is true. Right? So yeah. are there readings that are important to the family for whatever reason? Absolutely. Great. God bless you. This is why the church gives us many options for readings. And you can even yeah. kind of go outside that if there's something that really speaks about the person in a reading or something like that. Um, so, yeah, there are places for option within a funeral mass. But like, oh, well mom and dad really like this Elvis song and I want to sing it. I want to sing it as a communion meditation. I'm like, no, not happening. Sorry. I, I, I know you're grieving. Why don't you play it downstairs at the reception afterwards? And don't get me wrong. I think all that stuff about like, you know, uh, mom or dad's like favorite song or like goofy stories about them. All that stuff is good stuff to talk about, to do, um, to celebrate, but just not at mass. That's all. There's time, yeah. place for everything. Exactly, exactly. Um, There's not, we're not saying this stuff's wrong. It's just it's not appropriate to the context of what we're in. So I've actually gotten very strict about what we allow for funeral masses for this reason. It's like this is what you want. This is great. You want a Catholic funeral? We're going to do Catholic things at a. That's Catholic what we do here. Funeral. We do Catholic funerals. And if you don't want a Catholic funeral, that's your choice. Um, I will say a mass for your deceased loved one then privately because that's what's really important in the end anyways. Like, no, there are times where, listen, let's say you're having like really crazy family dynamics and like mm-hmm. they just want something at a funeral home for whatever reason because like half the people are, are just, they hate each other or something like that, which does happen, sure. folks. It does happen. Yeah. Then I say a mass for the deceased loved one privately because that's really important too. Like, like that's the most important part of the whole thing is that the mass is said. The extra rituals, as important as they are, are meant to be symbolic and tremendous and teach us about what the body is and why it's important. Uh, yeah. But really what's happened, it's, it's a mass and that's what's important. And so you can, I can say that anytime without the family present. Uh, and I do that. Or I'll add them as a second intention at a mass just privately, you know, um, because that's what's the important thing that's happening. Because we also know yeah. uh, you, don't, you don't get, if you have two intentions at a mass, suddenly not, you're not getting half the grace. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, and I, I, you know, um, I, good people have made like mistakes that they may regret about funerals that they've done in the past, mm-hmm. wherever I, I don't want, I just, that's, this is one of the most frustrating things I encounter as a priest yeah. is because there's, it's not a good time to catechize when someone's in the middle of grief. Right. right. Exactly. Uh, so you can only do so much. Uh, but like I just so often a lot of times it's it's the parents would have wanted to have a mass. They like walk to mass every day that they could. Exactly. It's like they don't walk anymore. You know, and then the I mean, that's the thing. It's mass. actually that's what happens. I mean, yeah, now we're getting way away from that's happens more. I'm sorry. We're getting away from Jake's question now. But yeah, no, that's actually what happens more is that actually a lot of kids don't have a mass for their parents, even though they were completely devout Catholics. 
And can I, can I, I'm just gonna, this is, this is, I'm leading the show. Um, yeah. I, it's your thing. Just another complaint that I have. Um, I am kind of getting sick and tired of when I say Catholic stuff at a Catholic funeral, people in the congregation rolling their eyes at me or like shaking huh. their head in disagreement about what I said. It's like, well, I'm, I'm sorry that I lovingly told you why you can't receive communion, but you're an adult and there are rules. And yep. first of all, and second of all, how, how rude, how like, you're going to this religious service and you can't even be polite. Like, I don't, I don't expect everyone to believe everything. No problem. But roll your eyes like you know better. Get over yourself. Like, just like, can't you just sit there respectfully for your for your loved one at the very least? You know, do what I, I don't say. expect you to kneel at the right times. If you don't right. believe this stuff, fine. Just sit there and be respectful. Yeah. Oh, so, my goodness. So what I often say at funerals, it actually works quite well, is is if you're not Catholic, or you're Catholic but are unable to receive communion. Yeah. Presuming that they should know, hopefully. Right. Um, you're welcome to come forward for a blessing or just remain Absolutely. in your Absolutely. And do I do that too. So most people just sit in their pew. Yes. I, I say like like come up. I'm happy to give you a blessing. If you feel more comfortable staying in your pew, that's okay as well. No, yeah. No problem. And you just do that. And and I like, the rest I leave up to their conscience because if you're a Catholic, you shouldn't you should know. And also, you know what? This whole like, are you blaming me for the rules of the uh, of the one holy Catholic, the Apostolic Church? I don't get to change the rules, okay? Like, I am just a priest. You have a problem with this? Take it up with God. Let's be really honest about here, because it's His church, all right? So freaking get over yourselves. And you know what? You know what else? I'm just gonna sit back and let you just rant. This you know what is else? Because- Buy a suit. Buy a suit. You you buy all kinds of stuff. You got TVs. You got cell phones. Buy yourself a suit and tie. Even if it's even if it's like a navy one. If you don't want to wear black, fine. Buy yourself a respectable suit and wear it to funerals. Okay, like wear a shirt and tie or something. You 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 can do that. It's okay. It, you can use it for all kinds of occasions. I just I, I, what. People are just rude. Stop being rude at funerals. It's making me angry. But dealing with and I and I'm nice. I'm nice to people. I bend over backwards to be nice to people. Because guess what? If I'm not nice, then then God's mean to you apparently. But if you're not nice, it's because you're justified in your like whatever beliefs you have thought about religion all for like five seconds. How dare you? Roll your eyes at a funeral. Unless I say something really stupid, which is fair. That I mean, I could have, like, if I say something really dumb, like just straight up dumb, then you can roll your eyes. That's fine. But, like, I wonder how many people are rolling their eyes right now? I don't care. <laughs> rolling their eyes at a, at a, at a mat. How? Oh my goodness. Do I roll my eyes when someone comes up for, um, a, a reading and they don't know how to to bow or they mispronounce the words they don't do the re- no because i'm polite and i understand they don't know exactly what's going on here they're doing their best do i do i do i roll my eyes at you when you when you ask i, I have to be careful i have to be really careful I'm like no but the point is i don't because i am polite at the very least and no no catholicism and 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 being a christian isn't all about niceness but you don't have to be a jerk don't have to be a jerk. I uh, I just I did I've done a lot of funerals last month. Most of the people lovely, most like lovely, doing their best, 
morning mm-hmm. stuff. It's like the it's like kind of like the outside family for the most part. I had a funeral. 60, 70 percent of the, of the family members they were Jewish, and they were all, they were all polite. They didn't believe anything I said, but they were nice about it, and they were Jewish. Okay. Like, you can do it. I don't care if you're a fallen away Catholic or if you're some atheist. Don't be a jerk. I think I'm done. I just, that's been really bothering me. <laughs> well, thanks, Jake. <laughs> thanks, Jake. <laughs> we should just do like bonus episodes. It's five minute rants of Father Anthony. Just, just, I can't believe it. people are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe they're not. But, People are not the worst. Wait, I'm actually going to bring Father Anthony down for a second now. People aren't the worst. Just some people lack a sense of care for the larger situation. That Yeah, garbage people do that. Like you're literally – you you trying to stare me down as I'm preaching and roll your eyes at me. You're making a funeral about your loved one. You're making it about you at that point in time. And that means you're acting like a garbage person. And you should feel shame. Wow. Time for presbyteral exhortations, whether you like it or not. And now it is time for presbyteral exhortations. Oh, yes. yes. Quite good. Quite good. Indubitably. Oh, I bet they can't wait to learn. They're gonna learn oh, so much. Oh, it's my favorite part. Oh, it's the oh, best part. Oh, yes. yes. Quite. Yeah, you better not be rolling your eyes during this. All right, let's. Uh, I need to calm myself. I need to breathe, calm myself. This is this is these are all the emotions I keep in because I'm just because I'm being polite and pastoral during all these situations because I have to. All right, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, re- I'm really. I got. There's maybe I need to bring this spirit direction. <laughs> you Father Harrison. Yes, Father Anthony. Father Anthony. By the time this releases, um, it will be Lent. Uh huh. We will have gone through Ash Wednesday. Yes. We will have ashes smooched, smooched no, 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 no. on sprinkle, our faces. Sprinkle on the sprinkle on. Are you going to sprinkle head. ashes? I, I sprinkle. And I'm using. I'm using. I'm using the pandemic to my advantage and doing the Roman way. Okay, so you did that before. You're just going to keep it going. Yeah. Awesome. So, in case you don't know, the the, the two ways to uh, the. Uh, it's it's a uniquely North American thing, I assume, to make a sign of a cross on the person's forehead. Most of the time, in most parts of the world, there's just a sprinkling of the ashes on the top of the head. Um, which I would see the, the reason why I won't sprinkle ashes on the top of people's heads during my priesthood is because I would do it just to make people mad. <laughs> that's the only reason. You. Yeah, that's my mind. motivation. Here's some. Yes. Take some ashes, folks. Yeah, the reason why oh you 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 call the parish to see uh, at what time during mass they're going to give out ashes because that's all you want. Um, you don't get to have your your Catholic badge of approval. You get sprinkled ashes on your head. Mass will be at nine thirty a.m. and seven p.m. Well, what time the ashes? Mass is at nine thirty a.m. and seven p.m. What time? You- mass is at nine thirty a.m. and seven p.m. And I, I want people to be angry at me. I want them to say how I want. The, you know what I want? I want the emails complaining that you didn't get a sign of a cross on your forehead to show all your friends. Okay, I'm still angry, apparently. It's not what I wanted to talk about. I don't care about this part so much. <laughs> Maybe Nick can be merciful. Uh, we'll find out. No, no, it's fine. You can keep all that. I still feel. 
My feelings are still valid, aren't they? So that's why I can roll my eyes at anyway. Holy smokes. Um, what I want to say is, <laughs> Father Harrison, <laughs> Lent is upon us. Yes. And um, I just the other day, I, I opened up my secret Twitter account because I hadn't been on it in a while just to see things. And I, I still hate Twitter. Um, people keep like reposting garbage takes and dunking on people. And even even my friends, even people I care about. It's very disappointing. Uh, but one thing I see um, both on that on the Twitter sphere, but also in real life is that I think there's a lot of anxiety around Lent. Hmm. Everyone yeah. has these hot takes of what, like, this is how you, you should really ought to do, do Lent. Yeah, we all moralize. This it. is how you, sh- you this is how you should do Lent. Because um, North America loves to moralize. Mm. We moralize everything. Mm-hmm. I was saying this to some seminarians last week that we uh, we tend to moralize weakness. For example, you're weak, therefore you must. It must be a moral failure. Like you're you're actually an evil person because of this, uh, uh, mm-hmm. right? Or a bad mm-hmm. person because you don't have this strength and you could, you could, you can do everything essentially. It's all the, yeah, anyway, sorry. That's a whole other thing. No, that's what I talk about. Yeah. I would like people to have less anxiety about Lent. I right. would, I, I would like people to, to focus less about getting Lent right in a sense. Like, uh, uh, it's, it's a weird way to the phrase it because I want to talk about like how to do Lent the right way without talking about how to do Lent the right way, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Can I say quickly too with Lent, like Please, how yeah. excited I am that Wednesday's gospel follows directly on this past Sunday's gospel. Okay. I'll be honest. Um, I didn't listen to this Sunday's gospel because I didn't preach. I just zone out during the homily in the gospel. This oh, okay. is this is my weakness. Okay. If a deacon's preaching, I have no idea what the readings are. It's really bad. Oh, it's fine. It's really no, bad. It's fine. I mean, no, it's actually fine. I I mean, I have to preach all the time, so I I preached right. at All Saints this weekend. I'm like I'm like looking. I'm like, wait, that's the end of chapter five. Be perfect. You have to be probably perfect. Is the, yeah. Anyways, that's a whole other thing. I'll 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 withhold my biblical commentary. I thought it was really cool. It's kind of fun. Yes, it is really cool. Uh, scripture is cool and fun uh, for cool and fun kids. Um, so. A few things. Um, I guess. I guess the major thing is like there's there's these debates about whether or not um, giving up chocolate or candy is a real sort of thing right. for Lent, right? Right. I think we need to approach all of Lent with this idea: like we're not doing this. We're not. We don't do Lent because we're good people. Right. I kind of like it's if you go into Lent with an open heart, then you're doing it right in this sense that um, we can talk more specifically about certain practices and things they can do during Lent. But the point is that we're trying to allow Christ to turn our hearts to him so that we can embrace the fullness of joy at Easter. So realizing you're a sinner, realizing you're in need of God's grace, um, praying it more specifically for sinners, mm-hmm. um, engaging in works of uh love and mercy because God has love and mercy on you uh, and allowing yourselves to do those things even imperfectly. Mm-hmm. Like the one thing I, I think is very important to realize that like whether or not you succeed or fail at Lent, you've succeeded because if you are able to, you know, um, give to the poor and uh, fast and uh, pray more, well then praise God, you experienced the law of God's mercy through that. And if you mm-hmm. failed, you realize that you are in need of God's grace. Like that's still right. a success. Um, 
any thoughts before I go on about my blah blah? Yeah, just again because we hypermoralize, we think, and, and we we are hyperpelagian in North America, especially. Yeah. And we take these things that aren't actually like, again, so like this idea, I think it's kind of cool that there's this cultural practice of giving th- stuff up for Lent. Yeah. Uh, it is totally secularized. Like I remember watching hockey and one guy's like, yeah, I gave up mustard and ketchup on my hot dog for Lent. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, how much, how deep does this go? You know? Well, it could, uh, it, it could, it could be, be a big it deal. Be, it could be a big deal. I know, I know. But it's like, maybe he's you hear a lot really of like, TV and radio personalities like, will talk about what they're doing for Lent and it, yeah. it kind of becomes more of a performative thing, which sure. then puts us this idea we have to do this all the time. It's like there's this cultural sense that we have to do something for Lent. Um, mm-hmm. Lent provides its own ability to form you. So the calendar, like the readings are very particular to this season like i personally i'm always like if you can get to weekday mass more a bit during Lent, that's actually a great thing because the readings are there to form you already mm-hmm. um i think we have an obligation to do our best to try to preach during lent every day because um it, it, it really can be a time for formation um but also like but there's something good about taking something on but a not to do it in a hyper way like uh this is my this is my hesitation at times with people with like Exodus 90 or whatever it is, mm-hmm. because it asks too much too quick without having anything set up. And for, and it does it actually, and I'm not saying it has to work for people and stuff like this, but uh, as a pastor, I, I want to see people have something stable for a long, long time mm-hmm. rather than do something intense and then stop after 90 days. Um, so like, even like I was at spiritual direction this past week and my, my, <laughs> My spirit structure is like, so what are you doing for Lent? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you want something? I'll be honest. I haven't even had time to think about it. I think I'd like to do X. Like, I think I'd like to add 15 minutes of prayer in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd like to give up some sweets because I eat them way too much. Not because it's like, and not because like it's bad for me health wise. It's actually, I am too attached to them. Um, sure. Right. And, and I know that. Um, he was like, that's enough. Yeah. He goes, you've got enough going on in your life right now. You don't need to take on more. Like, and Lent itself builds in as a priest, at least it builds in extra stuff already. Like the last two weeks, I've got a lot of extra confessions, et cetera. Um, and I was like, that's like, that's always like comforting to hear. Mm-hmm. And then that we were talking some more. I'm like, okay, now I know what I want to pray for. And about in my, those extra 15 minutes about um, formation of conscience more. And like, um, and deepening my my horror towards sin, <laughs> seriously, is what yeah. I'm kind of wanting to. I think I talked yeah. about that a few weeks ago on, about conscience, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was enough. And I'm like, huh, that's great. And like, now I am someone who I'm probably on the opposite spectrum sometimes, where I like lack sufficient worry <laughs> so, <laughs> about these about my own personal life, and yeah. I'm like, I, I probably should worry a bit more. But uh, um, so I'm kind of easygoing in that regard. Uh, but I've I've, I've not like entering into the rhythm of the season itself is, is beautiful enough for me that it's formative enough. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's a good way to approach it. I guess the, the main thing I'm trying to say is to kind of be merciful to yourself uh, for Lent. Um, it, it, not to, okay. So for example, like maybe your thing is like, I'm going to give up, uh, I'm going to have a dry Lent. I'm going to give up alcohol for Lent um, because uh that is something that I will miss. It will be a difficult thing to do. It will also be good for my health, and uh, it will be something to enjoy uh, for the Easter season. 
So that's what I'm doing. Uh, you may give up something like sweets or give up television, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and just you don't have to overthink what you're exactly what you're giving up. Um, if you're giving up anything, because you don't have to earn um, love. No, exactly. So you just see it as like it, it does two things. One, there is a kind of natural practice of of virtue, right. uh, detachment, and that sort of thing, um, and that's that is good for what it's worth. Um, you know, taking sometimes people get like really upset, like you know, uh, a diet to make yourself healthier. That's not in the spirit of Lent, right? But it's also not not in the spirit of Lent. Right. Like it's okay, right. like to take care of your body is yeah. is, is a wrong thing to do, right? Um, that's fine. It doesn't have to be like a, a vain thing. Um, but also, I think uh, I, when we give something up, the reason why I like it is because it makes us realize how incredibly weak we are. Yeah. A lot of times we think we've got... Be grateful we're not Orthodox or Eastern Catholics, folks. Right? I would die. I would die. Like no no butter, no no dairy, no meat. I would die. Because I'm not, I'm not going to eat vegetables. I would just... I would be dead i would be a dead person can they um, drink beer sorry do they do the beer drinking or is that just a, a western I thing i can't remember mm. but like yeah like i i i had a point there and i just lost it dang it mm-hmm. um oh yeah yeah when you're giving and this is the other thing i guess something i keep on focusing on more and more lately we have to get away from like the pagan notion of sacrifice and by this i mean like when I give something up, I'm going to lose it. I lose something. Uh, that is, mm-hmm. Right? That is not Christian sacrifice. Christian sacrifice yeah. is formed through love. And thus is actually loses nothing. Because again, if if Jesus loses something on the cross, we have problems with Christology. Yes. You know? <laughs> Jesus suddenly becomes less himself. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a problem, folks. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, you gain God. Unless you gain everything. And so in giving something up, and like, cause it's funny. Like I know, like, and again, I'm pretty obviously thinking of it from a priestly perspective, but I know priests who are much older who do actually a lot during Lent for their yeah. disciplines. Mm-hmm. But my guess is, is those didn't come all right away. They grew over the years and, and, um, and that's what you have to kind of do. You have to grow into it because the things you're trying to take in is you're trying to grow in love. Yeah. That's what you're trying to do. Um, and yes, penance is like, and so penance is actually a part of that because it's saying, I want to kill off my sinful tendencies so I can love more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, who wouldn't want that? <laughs> and, and we look it up as a, oh, I got to give this up so I can suffer more. <laughs> and I yeah. think that's where the anxiety <laughs> comes in. Yeah. No, I think you hit it. This is what I've been trying to, to get out, but I think you said it right. Let needs to be about love, let needs to be outside yourself, it needs to be about growing closer to God. And if that is how you're approaching it, then I'm less worried about the individual things that you do. Right. Um, it's less about me becoming a better Christian. It's about like turning toward God. That's what repentance is. You're helping is me about. prepare my Ash Wednesday homily now. This is great. That was actually part of my uh, uh, a scheme. Because I was looking over the reading and stuff at, 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 during my whole hour. I was like, oh, let's just talk about this. Let's get some ideas. Yeah. Um, because, Be- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, because like, so. Okay, I am actually going to connect it to the past Sunday's gospel. Do it. Uh, because the last line is, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And again, we take that as a moral mm-hmm. command. It's actually not. Because everything Jesus is talking about up to this point is about the deepening of the covenant and the worship of the temple. And the deep, and thus the intensification of the law. The fullness of the law 
equals a full integration to the life of the temple e- equals into full worship and proper orientation towards God. We talked about being perfect. Like Jesus knows the perfection of the father because he receives mm-hmm. it. And how is the father perfect? He gives everything away mm-hmm. to the son. That's his perfection. By the way, this is a little, okay, this is a really kind of cool thing. Uh, yeah. The Greek word for perfection is uh, uh, tele, uh, no, telo, telois, teloesis, something like that. Anyways, that's like telos. The end, yeah. the the goal, uh, which uh-huh. is kind of cool. Uh, I was Complete, like, oh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that the words B is like I the I am stuff, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And that we're supposed to be godlike. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that this is how God is, and you can be this because you belong to Christ. He wants to give it to you. Uh, do you want to receive it? But you have to give everything away, and that's that's the heart of it. It's so that's that's perfection is give away. And that's where you find yourself. Uh, but we need to, and that's what Lent's about. Giving up is about giving away. It's learning, mm-hmm. which is teaching you how to love so that you can actually receive more from God. Right. Yeah. That's, that's very much the point. Um, <sighs> repent and believe in the gospel isn't a threat. It's an invitation. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, remember you are dust and to dust you shall return isn't a threat it's a reminder of reality yeah. it's like the lord wants us to be complete he wants us to be perfect he wants us to turn back to him and so we take on this special time to to do that in a more concentrated way um yep so yeah you can use p90x or exodus 90 or whatever to, to do that <laughs> that can be a helpful thing uh for people and if you have a good spiritual director that's great um if you do something small i think it is important to do something concrete yeah. Because there can be that tendency to laxness, so I think doing something small and concrete and, and sticking it's like those to penances. It. We'll do something something that your your spouse will love, so like when a confession, when a priest says that. Too like, no, no, no. Too vague. No, hug your spouse every day as yes. a sign of love. There, <laughs> there you go, folks. There's your Sunday. There's your Lenten penance, mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also to, I think the one thing I'm going to try to do, which I haven't done as well in the past, is use Lent as a way of looking toward Easter for the entirety of Lent hmm. as a seeing as this as a preparation for Easter, not just a thing in and of itself. Cause I think it's one thing that I've like, uh, not really done well in the past. Um, cause Easter is more of a, it's like you're holding your breath the entirety of Lent and then Easter you finally <laughs> breathe out and you just go about your, like your normal life. We just happen to wear a white mask. Jesus breathes out the Holy spirit because actually yeah. after, after the death and resurrection, he's like, <gasps> for three days that's what uh, going to hell is going through a tunnel and he had to just hold his breath the entire time he goes through the tunnel and then I mean, it is dark he breathed out. exactly <laughs> it, that's uh hey this take that church fathers let's see yeah, that interpretation mm-hmm, yep um <laughs> sorry i'm sorry uh, sorry <laughs> i would like i would just like for all of us to make let more about god's love for yes. us and uh, we're just kind of doing extra things or taking extra things or just focusing in a different way um, mm-hmm. in order to receive that more. Yes. And I think if we look at it that way and look at it as pointing toward Easter, the fact that God does everything for us, including our salvation, if you mm-hmm. keep that in mind, that the Lord is guiding you, that you can't, you can't, if you turn toward God, like you can't fail this Lent, people. If you screw up, 
guess what? You learned something. You learned that yeah. <laughs> without God, you screw up or that you took on too much or they had right. too high of an opinion of yourself. All right. of that is actually good information that's going to yeah. lead you closer to Christ. Exactly. That's fine. Exactly. Don't exactly. stress it's, about it's, it's, um Again, oh, I ate, I ate chocolate on a Friday. Is that a, is that a moral evil? No, but you're, again, no. stop treating it like that then. It's, exactly. Oh, well, like, well, duh, of course, I'm a weak human being. Yeah. It's, it's the best attitude to have. It's like, well, of course I would do that because yeah. I'm fallen and I want God's grace more in my life. Yeah. And so I got to so do, I want to open myself up to receive that more. Right. You know, people are like, you know, I accidentally had a, a bite of a, of a turkey sandwich uh, on a Friday because I forgot. It's like, okay, bummer. Yeah. Um, you didn't intend yeah. it. You didn't intend it. It actually stopped. Uh, actually, that's the good thing. You stopped. You took a bite. Yes, and you're like, you stopped. Oh, shoot. You I can't eat this. Uh, that's actually a good thing. And then you may yeah. even have lunch now because you realize that you packed a turkey sandwich for a Friday. Yeah. And then and you so fasted a bit extra. Like, that's actually there good. There you go. Like, you see? God uses the situation for your good. Yeah. God's not going to be mad at you if you don't fast well enough. It's not like just there needs to be a better attitude about this sort of thing like not the, it, you know what i mean would, would you say then the anxiety is around this idea that we just essentially hyper moralize lent i like the, when you say hyper moralize i i like that a lot i think that's a big part of it it's that it becomes a, a test of our own personal virtue instead yeah. of a realization that we're not virtuous <laughs> yeah. it's gotta be Which is kind of the point <laughs> yeah yeah um so what you're saying is you're going to yeah. give up alcohol, but really you're probably going to say, oh, I'm a fallen creature and have a scotch. No. Ooh, <laughs> I would prefer not to. Because yeah, yeah, also, yeah. okay, uh, this, is, this goes to my theory about uh, whether or not to give stuff up on Sundays. Uh, um, my, my theory is, well, first of all, I don't care. Uh, just make the decision now whether or not you're going to use Sundays as again, a break from your there's fasting. no moral rule around this, folks. There's no. There's like we hype. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I don't care. Just just decide what you're going to do and try to stick to it. Okay. The reason why I don't break my fast during um, uh, Sunday is as a mercy to myself because it's easier to keep going than to break it and to keep going for me personally. Yeah. Um, so for St. Joseph's Day, we'll, we'll call it now because St. Joseph's oh. Feast Day is, is a big feast day. I mean, I mean Maybe my, drink my, my big joy every Lent is when, uh, is when you have like this year the vigil of the Annunciation is a Friday night. Yeah, there you go. You know what that means? It's a solemnity, baby. And it that means steak or a burger for dinner or something like that on a Friday. <laughs> during like, no, but that's like, again, that's the fun of it all. Is Yeah. yeah I'm actually going to go, I'm actually going to be a bit, lot more intentional about like no meat stuff on Fridays during Lent. And, and, yeah. and then like, and then you have like that whole week of solemnity after Easter where every day is a, an Easter Sunday, including the Friday, right? So like yeah. these are, that's part of the joys of this stuff. Like you, when you have less anxiety about it, you, there's a playfulness to the rhythms. Yes, exactly. Um, and this is, you know, ultimately a holiness and great close to God. This is about freedom. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it, the reason why we take on these like practices is so that um, accepting Christ into these little parts of your life becomes easier and more freeing. And yeah. So just and that I, I want to bring want you guys to stress out. Yeah. I'm not praying enough. Okay, I want to add more prayer. Why? Because I want to bring Christ more into my life. Or yeah. I, I, um, I spend too much time on video games. I'm going to give up. I'm only going to play like an hour a day now. Why? Because I want to let Christ be part yeah. of even that leisure or something like that. That's the whole point is to let Christ transform you. So if you listen to this on Friday, hopefully it comes out on Friday. And you're like, oh, no. Because if you did, you're going to hell. Yes, yes. Uh, 
<laughs> just to wrap up the anxiety again, you know. Turkey is is the bird of the uh, of the week. This podcast. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Sit down today. Try to see what you want to do for Lent, but just make it about God's love and less about winning. Lent isn't about winning. I don't right. know. Just chill. It's going to be okay. There's a reason. God the first, loves you. Yeah. There's a, the something. reason we for the first Sunday of Lent we always start off with the temptation in the desert. Right, mm-hmm. the forty days. Why? Because the whole point is to say I'm entering more deeply into Christ. I'm participating in Christ's time in the desert. This is the whole point of the Lenten practices: is to say I'm with Him mm-hmm. in this, like not in a, not in a. Oh yeah, I'm just going to imagine myself in it. Like no, we like liturgically, we are mysteriously mm-hmm. participating in that those forty days. Yeah, and thus I'm actually it's an opportunity to grow in closeness with Him, and that and that He did all these things for me and that in doing and in, in entering into the desert for 40 days, he had me in mind out of love to suffer temptation, etc., so that when I'm tempted, um, he's there to overcome it in me. And so it's grown in an intimacy to say he is victorious over all sin. No sin, no temptation can hold over you. Hold to him more closely by entering in mysteriously into his time in the desert. It's a real participation liturgically. Yeah. Good. Okay. I got a, uh, a meeting coming up. Okay. Um, that might have been a little bit more vague than I wanted to be, but hopefully you get the point. Yeah. No, I think that's it. No, I think it's good. Yeah. Just quickly is to say, uh, not total software, it is again, March 6th sure. to 8th. Father Anthony's right. in town, folks. Yeah. Parish mission on the Sacred Heart. So that's at 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. at St. Peter's in Nanaimo. So if you're around or you're nearby, you want to come up for one of the nights, we're going to do something after the Tuesday night mass. Uh, still TBD wear and and stuff, but we'll probably do like a live podcast recording either at the rectory or a pub or something yeah. like that. Maybe we'll do an analog. What if we did an analog podcast? We just talked and people had to listen to us, but there's no recording. <laughs> I mean, essentially, that's what people well, just, do when they listen yeah, to a podcast. That's true, but like, doesn't that feel like? Wouldn't that feel like dirty if we just like got on stage or like at a table with like no headset? No microphone. And we just talk to each other while people watch us talk. <laughs> but as soon as you put microphones in front of us, it's a recording. Then it's okay. It's a performance. I guess so, but it feels weirder. I know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, know. I know. Sorry. Anyways, yeah. So hopefully by next podcast, we'll have more details about what's going on Tuesday night. If you want to come check us out for that yeah, night, it's gonna be cool. Uh, all right. Easily review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast enemies too because jesus says we must love our enemies i don't know if you can leave reviews about the podcast in other places um but if you can do that too uh you can find me uh sometimes i'm on the mastodon at father scrap you can find me on twitter at fr harrison contact the podcast and receive updates at clerical pod on twitter find us on facebook youtube or email us at clerically speaking at gmail.com do you have a theological emergency call 412-912-7995 call 412-912-7995 peace god bless